Welcome to 2021, our year of the supernatural. We believe that in this year, as prophesied, your life will go above and beyond the natural and that it will be positively and supernaturally changed through this sermon. The teaching you're about to listen to by our anointed shepherd, Pastor Boni Bahati, will challenge you, strengthen and transform you to live the victorious life you were created to enjoy. Listen and be blessed. Father, I want to thank you for today. Thank you because you will speak to us. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So today I'm finishing the series. It's a hard, it's a, it's a hard thing. And my sermon today is titled Offerings. 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 I have more than a song. Today I brought myself. communication. Gifts tell a story. Gifts are vehicles of communication. So when you are giving your offering, you are giving a gift. And that gift is communicating something. That gift is giving a story of who you are. It's giving a story of who God is to you. Gifts tell a story. Gifts do what? Tell a story. Gifts are vehicles. They are vehicles of communication. So a gift is a message. A gift is a message. And that message tells a story. Tell your neighbor, and that message tells a story. A gift is a picture. Tell neighbor, a gift is a picture. And a picture tells a story. So when someone gives a gift to me, they mean so much to me. So it is really important that when someone gives you a gift, you respond appropriately to them. 
Tell about when God, when man, when anyone gives a gift to you, it's important that you respond appropriately to the gift. So in the same token, communication is in the terms of the listener. You see what I tell you? Communication is in the terms of the listener. Those who are listening. <laughs> anyway, so it is important in the same token that a gift or an offering when given to God, is given with the understanding that this is an important thing I'm giving to God. So you can't trivialize your offerings because your offerings are a gift to God. Your offerings are a picture of your character. Your offerings show God who you are and your offerings show God who he is to you. So when you're giving an offering, you're giving a gift. And that gift is a picture. That gift is a message. That gift is a story. That gift is communicating to God who God is to you and who you are to God's eyes. A lot of us, when we come to give our gifts, we give as if we are giving mere men. When we come with our offerings, we give change because we don't understand that change. Offerings are gifts. Offerings are messages. They are messages on which we give to God to show God who God is to us and who we are to God. So ladies and gentlemen, the offering you give today, or the offering you gave today, does that offering communicate to God who he is to you? Or does that offering communicate to God who you are to God? And if that's the case, what kind of communication have you sent to God? What kind of communication have you sent to God? When you are giving him change, you are giving him coins, and you have thousands in your pocket, what communication were you sending to God? When God sees you giving that offering, how does God respond? Is he moved and said, wow, this is, I'm so happy? Because as I said, when someone gives me a gift, I respond appropriately to the gift. So when you're coming to give your offering, does God respond appropriately or God is worried? He says, what is this? Does God feel trivialized or does God feel honored? It's a question. Does God feel trivialized or does God feel honored? Because our gifts, our offerings are a message to God. Shem, when you give to God, your giving to God is a communication to God. Your giving to God is a message to God. A lot of people don't realize how gifts can make room for them. The Bible says a man's gift can make room for him before great men. Now, a lot of us don't realize that our giving is a gift. And that gift can choose to open a door for you. Or that gift can choose to close a door for you. Depending on the type of gift and how you give it. A lot of us are very gifted and talented. When we start singing here, my God, you hear angels sing. Unatua nyoka pangoni. A lot of us are gifted in speech. When we start speaking, my goodness, the thing goes clear. Because the kind of speaking you are doing is excellent. However, you've trivialized your gift. Therefore, your gift has not opened doors for you. Because of perhaps how you present yourself. Or perhaps how you present the gift. In the same manner, your physical gift can open a door for you. Or your physical gift can close the door. 
your gifts to God can decide if God is going to come and visit you or it can make God never to come and visit you. Hey, Master, is that in the Bible? Yes. The Bible calls it the book of Kings. At one time, King Solomon gave an offering. Give me that scripture. He says, the Bible says that he gave offerings. He gave thousands of cows, thousands of sheep, thousands of cattle. Until that night, the Lord said, no. This man, the kind of gift he has given me, the kind of offering he has given me, does not just warrant me to say you are blessed. I have to go and visit him myself. Because the gift you give will either open a door or close the door. Sophia, how you give God will determine if God will come and visit you or God will decide. Because of how he gives, I'm not going to be there. Start from verse 1. Where he starts to give. Start from quickly. Now when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to test him with hard questions. Verse 2. Verse 3. Verse 4. Verse 5. Verse 6. Verse 7. This, this is different from what you are giving. First Kings chapter 3, brother. From verse 1. First Kings 3. Yes, now Solomon made a treaty with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and married Pharaoh's daughters. Then he brought her to the city of David until he had finished building his own house and the house of the Lord and the wall around Jerusalem. Verse 2. Meanwhile, the people sacrificed at the high places because there was no house built for the name of the Lord until those days. You see, go back. When there is no oil where you take your offering, people take their offerings in different places. But the Bible records in Deuteronomy that you shall not take your offering in any other place except that which I, the Lord, will show you. So it's the Lord who shows you where to take your offerings. You don't just decide where to take your offerings. That's why Solomon had to build a temple so that the people would bring their offerings in a specific place. Verse 3. And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of his father David, except that he sacrificed and burned incense at high places. Mm -hmm. Now the king went to Gibbon to sacrifice there. For that was the great high place Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on the altar. Uh -huh. At Gibbon, the Lord appeared to Solomon. A dream by... Give me the Amplified on that one. The Amplified will make it better. Verse 4. Amplified. Um, verse 4. The king went to Gibbon near Jerusalem where he stood the tabernacle where stood the tabernacle and the bronze altar to sacrifice there for that was the great high place. 1,000 burnt offerings Solomon offered on that altar. Mm -hmm. Then in Gibbon the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night and God asked him what shall I give you? Which, which, which book gives the exact the things? Second Chronicles. Verse 7-5. This one is too shallow. Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles. Thank you. The king, now this is what the king offered. Start from verse 4. 
Can we read together? One, two, three. I can't hear you. One, two, three. Offered sacrifices before the Lord. Mm -hmm. King Solomon offered a sacrifice of 22,000 oxen, 120,000 sheep. So the king and all the people dedicated. He offered 22,000 oxen. One oxen, roughly speaking, goes for around 50,000. One oxen. The list. It goes above that. I'm giving you the list. So 22,000 times 50,000. Someone calculate for us. One, one, and I've given it the lowest figure. So he basically gave God 1.1 million worth of cattle. One 20,000 sheep. One sheep is around 5,000. Giving it the lowest figure. So how much is that? 600 million. This is million. 600 million. The first one is million. It's a billion. You guys, your calculation is bad. 22,000 times 50,000. It's a billion. One point? Billion. Oh my God. Can you imagine he gave 1.1 billion worth of oxen, worth of cows? One man. And that's the list. We've given the list figure. Then the sheep was 600 million. So he gave 1.7 billion. One man, 1.7 billion to God. 1.7 billion. I've never given that. My father has never. My grandfather has never. My great-grandfather has never. Cumulatively, all of us, we've never. But one man gave 1.7 billion in one day. Recently, I was, I was, I was talking to Pastor Ngash. Then he told me someone, someone was not born again in his father's church, and the wife was born again. So that man who was not born again got cancer. So after he had cancer, the woman who was born again and a member of the father's church came and told the father, my husband has cancer, and I would want you to come and pray for him. And the husband is rich. He's one of the owners of, I will not mention, but he was not born again. So the father decided to go and pray for this guy. So when he went, he prayed for him, and he got saved. So after he got saved, he also got healed of cancer, and he was almost dying. So what happened when he came to his senses and he was full well? He called the pastor and told the pastor, you know, I've served Satan for the rest of my life. But now that the Lord has healed me of cancer and saved me, I want you to serve the Lord. So he asked him, what shall I give to the Lord as a sign of my gift to him for healing me? The man thought he did not find anything because he's a man of means. So they, kept, they continued living and they needed to open their church in Nairobi. So opposite Ngara, there was a very big temple there. Most of you know it, opposite fig tree. So the man heard that the church in Nairobi is being opened, and there was an this Indian temple. He went, bought the temple himself for 400 million. One man, not the church, one man, bought the temple for 400 million. One Kikuyu man. One man, 
For, he told the Indians, I want to buy this thing. And they agreed. They said, how much? 400 million. He said, take. He took the temple, renovated it to a church with another 4 million for renovation. Then said, told all the pastors, he said, now send a pastor to start this church. Fully furnished, with seats, offices, everything. A gift to God. For God having healed him. Now Solomon did the same thing. And the Bible records in verse 6. Then the priest stood at the post and blah, 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 blah. Then go back to where now the Lord appears to him in a dream. Because of the kind of giving, the Lord said, I, no, 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 no. Go back to Kings. Go back to Kings quickly. Then the Lord said, because of the giving and the kind of gift that this man has given me, it is telling the story of how great I am to this guy. And how he considers me a person worthy to be given gifts beyond measure. So the Lord said, that day I'll appear to him. So the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God asked him, what shall I give you? Can you imagine God asking you, what shall I give you? Lord, please ask me. <laughs> Lift your hand and say, Lord, ask me what I want. But the Lord will not ask you. Look at the giving you've given today. Look at how you give God offerings. You defraud God. You defraud him. When you're even coming to give, you, you are frowning. Let me, not, let me not go ahead of myself. How even you give is also telling a story. The lackadaisical attitude you have when you are giving. The stony face is also telling a story. Will the Lord appear to such a person in the night? For what? You feel like the Lord is stealing from you, Ivy. You are angry at the Lord. You know, anytime you're giving offerings in church, you're not giving to Pastor Boni. So most of you feel like Pastor Boni is stealing from me. But what you don't realize is, it's not Pastor Boni. The Bible says that we receive offerings on earth, but he receives them in? So you're not dealing with me. You are dealing with your God. Maggie, you are dealing with your God. And your God looks at you and says, how could you do this to me? So why should I appear to you? So ladies and gentlemen, your gift is a message. Your gift is a picture. Your gift tells a story. And your gift is your offerings. So four things you need to know about offerings. Number one, four things you need to know about offerings. Four, or rather four facts about offerings. Number one, Fact number one about offerings. Presentation is everything. Presentation is everything. Presentation is everything. You know, presentation is the difference between eating at the most expensive restaurants in the city and being a pig. Presentation is the difference at eating at the most expensive restaurant in the city and being a pig. Because the food that is eaten at the most expensive restaurants can also be the same night be eaten by pigs. But they'll not be eating with the same presentation. Can you imagine pigs eating on buffet with fork and knife and straw? Is it possible? Do you know why you pay very, a lot of money in those five-star restaurants? 
because of the presentation, the ambience. The ambience makes the food expensive. Yesterday I was with the GM of Carnival. He's our friend, together with V, Pastor V. So one time we had gone with him for holiday. So he told me, you know when, when, we, are, when we are doing... Uh, when we are doing costing for a new restaurant, where we place it, we tell ourselves we are going to place this restaurant in this location, and anybody who comes into this place must spend at least 5,000. So anytime you walk into a place like Carnival, because of how the ambience is set, they are assured that you have to spend not less than 5,000 per head. That's how they make their money. So they make sure the presentation is worthy 5,000 or more. They make sure that the place has finishing school kind of waiters. They make sure that the ambience, the music, you will never find bam, 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 gonom, 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 at such hotels. That's for, that's for beaters. In such places, Jazz music, calm music, soft music. When you enter those places, you even feel rich. Yeah, when you walk into Radisson Blue, you feel rich. Or if you go to Emara or Serene, you feel like, ay, 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 I own this world. How many have been to Emara or any other five-star hotel? This week, God will cause a way for you. While we were at Weston, did you guys feel rich? Yes. Do you feel like you can order everything? Did the walking style change? Yes. Even the talking changed. You're not walking like this. You are feeling the ground. You are feeling the ground. You don't take stairs, you use the lift. Yes. Eh? High density carpet. Carpet, no, no. Come a mattress. You can sleep there. The talking changed. You are like, hello, my friend. All of a sudden, you love English. All of a sudden, you're talking to everyone. Hi. Hello. Are you happy? I see what I can do. All of a sudden, you're telling people, I'll see what I can do. I, I email me your issues. I'll see what I can do. I'll call you. I'm in a meeting. You, say, you, you no longer say, Niaja, you say, Jambo. 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 You guy, my guy. Ukosalama. Use my car. Use my card. Eh? You tell them, hey, you know, you guys, rain check. When you are leaving, you tell them, rain check. A lot of you don't know what rain check is. We won't tell you. What you madaro, wakaya na madaro yao. They don't know. How many don't know what rent check is? Just be honest. We will tell you. Yeah, thank you for those who are honest. Come and see me after the service. I'll tell you. The ones who think they know, let them keep thinking. You know English, I'm a baby. Yeah. And you know what we're wrong, guys. Rent check does not mean look at the weather. One day, some lady over here, I won't mention her name, she was, she was with somebody. So the person said, after they had the conversation when they were leaving, a person told them, rain check. 
So the lady thought that the guy is saying, it's about to rain. <laughs> Check the rain. So the, guy, the lady was like, so the guy noticed, the lady does not know. But he did not want to embarrass him because it was in the middle of the people. So he just left slowly. Then later on, he sent him a text. He told him, rain check means this and this. So next time you're told that, behave like this. Don't look at the sky. Have you heard that before? Tell your neighbor, neighbor, when it comes to giving, presentation is very important. The difference between eating in a five-star hotel and eating at Madaro is simply presentation. The food could be the same. You know you can go to a five-star hotel and order, order for Gideri. Yes, I've eaten Gideri in a five-star hotel. But you pay 4000 for Gideri. Same beans, same maize, same everything. No, plus avocado. They bring avocado. Avocado, they don't even call it avocado. They call it guacamole. <laughs> yeah, they bring guacamole. Guac. Guaca. So what is the difference? The difference is in what? Presentation. So ladies and gentlemen, God has a lot to say about your presentation. God has a lot to say about presentation. How you present your offerings to God speaks the difference of everything. You can be giving one million, but your presentation is so bad. And someone else can be giving 50 bob, and presentation is everything. And God says the man who has given 50 bob is higher than the man who has given 1,000. Because presentation, when it comes to your offering, is very important. John the Baptist was the presenter of Jesus Christ. When Jesus was born, they had to come a man to, to present him to the world. And the Bible says there's a voice that cries out in the desert, saying, Behold, he that comes after me is greater than I. So the work of John the Baptist was to be the person who creates the right presentation of the Messiah. Because the Messiah was an offering. The Messiah was a gift. When Jesus was born, angels appeared and sang songs before the, before the, the shepherds. And told them a Messiah has been born. Because a gift from God was coming into the world. So you can see God is very keen on presentations. Tell about God is very keen on presentations. When Jesus was born, the wise men came and brought gifts. They brought ma. They brought meat. They brought frankincense. They brought all those gifts. And all those gifts meant something. Because the gift of God was coming into the world. So presentation speaks a lot when it comes to giving God an offering, when it comes to giving your presentation. Do you remember the story of Naomi and Ruth? What did Naomi tell Ruth? Or rather, what did Ruth tell Naomi? When you go before Boaz, anoint thyself. Anoint yourself. One way of finding a beloved is anoint yourself. To anoint yourself means to present yourself in a way that is excellent. So you you want someone to marry you, but you are not Luca Jasho. You don't use Rolon. You don't brush your teeth. Ruth told Naomi, Naomi, when you go before the Boaz, wash yourself and anoint and put on the best garment. Then go down at the threshing floor. So ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to giving to God, presentation is very important. 
What you present to God and how you present it are both important. So don't say, ah, you know me, I'm giving God 1,000. So God will understand. I don't, I don't need to go and, and, and create a fuss. Or you know me, I'm giving 1 million. So even if I don't do presentation, it means nothing. Ladies and gentlemen, the man you're giving to is a man who studies gifts. He studies how you give. He studies your presentation. The Bible says, and Jesus stood and looked at a widow who was giving two mites. And the woman who gave two pennies. And the Bible says that Jesus looked at her and said, among everyone else, this woman has given her best. Look, giving two mites and two pennies does not guarantee that you're giving a lot. Because some people have used that scripture and adulterated it and said, ah, you don't have to give God much. Even the widow who gave two, two pennies and two coins, God said, you've given much. Listen, God was looking at the heart of that lady, the presentation of that lady. And God said, this lady has given a lot. This lady has given what? A lot. Because her presentation was that of humility. Her, her presentation was, this is all I have out of my poverty. Out of your abundance, how can you give God a hundred bob and say, Lord, you, my presentation is very right. Even some of you, how you come and drop offerings here is wanting. This, maybe this is offering. I say, come and touch the offering basket as you give. And you go. Let me ask you a question. If someone is giving you food and comes and dashes the food at you, will you take that food? That is sinners. Matharao, right? You see like you're despising me. How come when you give, come to give God your offerings, you come in a manner to suggest that, Lord, you know I don't need you, you need me. Because how you present your gift to God shows that whether you need God or you think God needs you. God bless you. You tell God. God bless you. You are nothing without me. That's, that's your presentation, what he's saying. It is simply saying, Lord, you are nothing without me. What you have, what have, where have you received it from? The eyes you have, where have you received them from? The ears you have, what have you, where have you received them from? You see, your presentation should show that, that everything I have, Lord, I owe it to you. When my father is around, I'm always running around here. I'm never a boss when he's around. I never sit down and say, you know, I'm the senior pastor of the Greater Love Church. No. On, 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 during the ordination when he was here, I'm the one who was following up on the generator. I did not assign anyone to follow it up. I was the one personally, I, was, I could keep going, come out, going, come out. Because when he's around, I cannot look like I'm a boss. My presentation when he's around is that of a child. I automatically become a child. Some of you, when you're giving to God, you don't give you the attitude of a child. You give you the attitude of, a, you know, I'm a, I'm a big man. You are a big man and you are giving 1,000. Everything you have, God has given to you. Everything you have. Tell them about everything you have. The Lord has given to you. Tell them about everything you have. The Lord has given to you. So, Jesus studies gifts. He studied equally the person who gave the gift. And we know, because, and we know that because of two things. The widow who gave her two meats. And her last two pennies will say, eh, she, gave, she, gave, she, she, she gave little. But Jesus would say, she gave more than everyone else. Obviously, 
he did not just look at the amount of offering or the gift, but he also viewed how much it took for her to give that gift, that offering. So the disciples snared and complained over the woman who used her two years' income worth of perfume to put on the feet of Jesus, wiping his feet with her hair. Do you know that scripture? They, they told Jesus that a better, there is a better use of this money other than, giving it, other than it being poured on your feet. They told Jesus, why don't you use this money to the, and give it to the poor? So implication, the implication of what they were saying was that they were just telling Jesus, Jesus, you don't need this gift. Another person who is poor is worthy of this gift more than you. So what they didn't think, is they didn't think that Jesus needed to receive such a gift. They did not believe that Jesus was worthy of that quality of gift. So Jesus said that, Jesus said that what he had done would become a memorial. Because the lady gave out of everything she had and her presentation was right. So when the disciples were complaining and saying, oh, you know, this gift should have been given to the poor, they were basically speaking and saying, Jesus, you are not worthy of this gift. A lot of people who complain when a pastor is driving a Mercedes-Benz or when the church decides to buy a pastor a nice car and they complain, what they are saying in their hearts is that pastor is not worthy that gift. That's what they are saying. They will not say it loud. No. And the Bible says a lot of those people, what drives them is jealousy. It's jealousy. That's what the Bible says. Because they were jealous and said, can't this be used for the poor? So Jesus told them, the poor will always be among you, but I will not be there forever. So you have to honor me. Jesus speaking. And your honor must be seen in how you present your gifts to me. So ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to giving, do you know when it comes to giving? I can't tell you, when it comes to giving, presentation is very important. Yes. When it comes to your gifts, presentation is very important. Present your gifts with honor. Present your gifts with kindness. Present your gifts with love. Present your gifts with humility. Are we together? Are we together? Don't say, oh, Jesus is not worth 10,000. If Jesus is not worth 10,000, how come you are worth 10,000? Okay, fine, not even 10,000, 1,000. You cannot give God 1,000 shillings. But you are comfortable to go and buy pizza worth 1,000 and eat. In essence, what you are trying to say is, Jesus, 1,000 is not your value. Your value is 50, Bob. Your value is 1,000. But my stomach, my value is 1,000. But your value, Jesus, ni miambili. You deserve less. You deserve less. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, when you give your offerings, you're not giving to the pastor. You are giving to God. And your giving and your offerings are a message, are a picture, and a story. Yes. They tell a story. They tell a story. They tell what kind of person you are. Are you hearing me, choir and dancing stars? When you're dancing to the Lord here, when you're singing to the Lord, you're telling a story. You're showing a picture because that's part of giving. When you give your time in the church, you are showing God, Lord, you don't deserve this or you deserve this. Are we together? Number two. God wants us to become ceremonial on our gift giving. God wants us to become ceremonial on our gift giving. 
You know what I mean by this? Jesus did not just lay down and die. You know, Jesus, Jesus did not just say, oh, you want me to save the world? Okay. He lay down and doop. The Bible says that Jesus died on the cross. Eight inches of thorn crashed into his head when they were put in that crown. Can you imagine? When I think about it, I feel scared. Eight inches of thorn. A spear went through his side. Here. Then water came out. No, here water is not supposed to come out. What is supposed to come out is blood. But water came out. Maybe during the Easter next year, I'll teach what those things mean. The different things. The blood that came out from his hands. The, the water that came from his rib. He was put spikes in his hands. Ta, ta, long ones. Long ones. His beard was ripped off. They did this. Giving must be ceremonial. It must be something you hold dear. To be ceremonial means to be a, an offering, significant. Offerings are significant. They are a gift. Exodus 35 verse 5. The Bible says, take from, I, take from among you an offering to the Lord. Whoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it as an offering to the Lord. Gold and silver and bronze. So don't just bring for the sake of it. God specify what you should bring him. Do you think there are no other metals than gold, silver and bronze? Were there other metals? Were there other precious metals? But why did Jesus specify? Why did the Lord specify? Because he wants it to be ceremonial. You don't just wake up and say, ah, they are offering one after change. We're going to touch the offering basket. You go and toss it. God wants our giving to be ceremonial. Why is the church quiet? When I'm talking about money, the church goes silent. Because money is a hard thing. Yeah. I'm dealing with your hearts right now. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, neighbor, the man knows you're here. So the wise men brought to Jesus at his birth special ornaments and perfumes. The reason why they did this and brought specifically the things they brought was because your offering and your gift to another person reveals to them how you see them. There are some gifts that have been established as appropriate gifts for certain anniversaries. Right? Like for 50 years anniversary, they, they say there's a particular type of gifts you are, that you give for 50th anniversary, for 25th anniversary, for 10th anniversary, for 5 years anniversary. There are specific gifts that the world has said this kind of gifts should be given at this stage. Because giving is ceremonial. Remember, giving is ceremonial. So in the same manner, God has to say, when you are coming to me, bring me gold, bring me silver, and bring me bronze. 
Don't bring me copper. Yeah. Copper was there. Or do you think copper came during our days? It was there. It is a precious stone. It is an alloy. Tell your neighbor, giving must have an, a ceremonial element in it. Don't just be bringing gifts for the sake of it. You see, when you bring an offering to God, it is simply saying, Lord, I took the best hours of my day to obtain this money. So when I bring him an offering, I'm bringing him the best hours of my time. When you bring an offering to God, you are telling God, Lord, I took the best hours of my day to obtain this money. For example, if you, if you work for every day, you get a thousand bob. Then decide on Sunday, and you work for seven days. Then decide on Sunday, I'm going to give God how much? Seven, five times six, ni? six one times six, ni? six thousand. So you decide, I'm going to give God 300 bob. You're basically telling God, of all the hours you gave me to work and make money, the best I could give you of my hour is 300 shillings. From the 6,000 you gave me, and you gave me eight hours a day to work, the best I can give you is 300 shillings. While another brings 1,000, he's telling the Lord, the best I can give you is this amount of money to signify this amount of hours that you gave me. Because everything you have, tell me about everything you have, you've received it from God. When you bring God an offering, you are telling Lord, Lord, I'm bringing you the cream of my health. Because I took my health in the sense of I, I had to be healthy for me to make this money. So Lord, me bringing you this offering is me saying, Lord, thank you for giving me health. So I'm, give, I'm bringing you the cream of my health. The beauty of my health. The best of my health. Because how many of us know if you're not healthy, you will not make money? How many of us here, when you're sick, you go to work? If you are sick, you can't go to work. So how many of us know that if you're not healthy, you will not make money? Let me see by a show of hand. How many know that if you're not healthy, you will not make money? So how come it is a problem for you to give back to God just a bit, a cream of your health? To tell him, Lord, thank you for giving me health to make money. Who is the giver of health? Ministry of Health. Ministry of Health. You think that jab you have for Corona can keep you from Corona? I had the jab and I got Corona. And I had the jab. The second time I had Corona. And I had it. So it's not a jab that can keep you from Corona. No. The health that you need comes from God. Laser. Only God can give you health to make money. Hey, Pastor. Unajua mimi. Now a king he had sana. So sioni venye na zatu wa doyangu ni patiye mutu sande. That's why you die before you are 30. Because you don't acknowledge that the health you have genuine is the Lord who has given you. So you don't come ceremonially to present your offering as a way of saying, Lord, I thank you for health. What do you have that you've not received? You know when you come to give God offerings, you are telling Lord, Lord, I'm giving you the best of my relationships. Because I know it takes every relationship in my life to generate finances. So when I'm bringing an offering to you, I'm giving to you the cream of my relationship. I'm bringing to you the cream of my relationships. So Lord, I want to thank you for connecting me to so and so. 
who helped me get this job. Because a lot of us, we get jobs through relationships. It is someone who referred you. Someone asked you to apply. And who made that person send you that message? Apply for this job. It is the Lord. So when you bring your offering, you are basically telling the Lord, Lord, I want to tell you that I'm so grateful for the offering that you gave me in people. So this offering is for me to say I am grateful. So that 50 bob of viewers, is it enough to tell God that you are thank you for the relationship he has given you? Is it worthy? The kind of relationships you have, are they worthy 50 bob? The quality of relationships you have. Someone tells you, apply for this job, and you get a job paying you 50,000. Then you come and bring God 50 bob. Is it worthy? Is it worthy? Talk to me, is it worthy? It just shows that you don't understand that what you have, you owe it to God. When you come and bring your gifts to God, you're telling God, Lord, I'm bringing you the best of my knowledge and the best of my discoveries. And this offering is me. Because your knowledge and your discoveries are they that help you to make money. Right? It's your, you're paid for your degree, like the knowledge you have. So you bringing an offering to God. He's saying, Lord, I'm bringing a part of me to you. I'm bringing a part of me. So when you give your gifts and your offerings, you're telling God, Lord, I'm giving myself. I'm giving myself. Remember, I'm giving myself. You see, today I was asking you to wave your offering in the air. The reason I was asking you to wave your offering in the air is because that's a sign of thanksgiving. It's called the wave offering. When you're waving your offering on the air, you're telling God, thank you for giving me the opportunity to be a giver in your house. I would not have been giving if you never gave me the opportunity. So tell your neighbor, neighbor, giving must be ceremonial. What do I mean by giving should be ceremonial? Giving should be significant. A ceremony is something significant. You don't just give. That's why I told you there are three parts in a worship. Number one, where you praise and sing. Number two, where you give. And number three, where you get to hear what God is saying. And they go in that order. You have to praise. Then after you've praised, you give. After you've heard, now you sit down and listen from God. If you don't do those three things in your worship, you're not worshiping God. Are we together? Are we together? Presentation is very important. Giving must be what? Ceremonial. Number four. An offering, or number three. An offering without expectation is an offering without a future. An offering without expectation is an offering without a future. An offering without expectation is an offering without a future. Proverbs 3, verse 9 and 10. Proverbs 3. Verse 9 and 10. The Bible says, honor the, Lord, honor the Lord your God. Rather, honor the Lord with your possession and with the first fruits of all your increase. Verse 10. So your bands will be filled with plenty and your vast will overflow new wine. Let's read together from verse 9. 1, 2, 3. 1, 2, 3. Uh -huh. The first fruits of your increase. Uh, verse 10, so your bands will be filled with plenty and your vast with overflow with new wine. My seed is my, is my, rather, God wants us to give with expectation. Let me start by saying that. 
God wants you to give with expectation. God wants you to give with expectation. My seed, my offering has everything to do with my celebration of God and who he is in my life. The Bible says, for God so loved that he gave. So God wants not only you to give, but to give with an expectation. That's why he says, honor the Lord with the first fruit of all your increase. Then after you've given, expect that your bands, verse 10, expect that your bands will overflow with plenty. So when you give and you don't expect, it is useless. Why do you come and give to God and don't expect that the person you've given to will, not, will give back to you? You give, but you still have a plan A. But you give offerings every Sunday. You give offerings every Sunday, but you don't have a Yet you give to your God. You know why you're not receiving, you're not receiving after giving? When you give, you had no expectation. You didn't expect that God will give back to me. I tell you, give for the open doors to the nations. You actually go and find the money and give that offering. But after you've given it, you never expect to fly. You never expect. So you never get to fly. Because you are giving, but you never expected. In your giving, God will respond. You never expected it. You don't expect that when you give your tithe, God will rebuke the devourer. So you just give tithe as custom. But you don't give with expectation. Tell about from today, when you give, you give with expectation. Malachi chapter 3 verse 8. The Bible says, will a man rob God? Yet you've robbed me, says God. Where have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. The word tithe means a tenth. In the Bible, the first dime of every dollar or every shilling, the first 10% of our income is a holy part. And we must return it to God as an acknowledgement of our indebtedness to him. The reason why we give 10% of all we have is because we are telling God we are indebted to you. Your tithe is not a payment of, of debt. Tell about your tithe. See, Denny. Unaelewa? Tithe is an acknowledgement of my debt. You understand? Now, what do I mean by that? I mean by everything I own belongs to him. So I'm not paying a debt. I'm simply rendering a debt I have. Lift your hand. Okay, let me use simpler terms. When you are coming to give your tithe, you understand? You are simply coming to tell God, Lord, everything I own belongs to you. So myself, I'm indebted to you. You understand? It's not a debt. It's saying, Lord, I'm indebted to you. Because if you never gave me health, I'll not make money. If you never gave me sight, I'll not see. 
If you never gave me mind, I will not think. If you never gave me hands, I will not hold. If you never gave me hands, I will not walk. So Lord, this money is me saying that I'm actually myself, I'm indebted to you. Like I owe everything I have to you. Of your own, have I given back? The Bible says. Of your own, what I'm giving God is actually what God gave me. Nobody here has anything that the Lord has not given you. Even the parents you have, God has given you. Even the hairstyle you have today, God has allowed you to have it. You'd be having cancer. With no air. Even the eyebrows you have today, God has given you. Or you'd be without eyebrows. You'd be drawing. You'd be drawing things. Yes. The eyebrows you have, ladies, is God giving you. There's nothing that you have that the Lord has not given you. Even the clothes you're wearing, even that bra, the Lord has given you. Yes, even those boobs the Lord has given you. Yes, there are women with no boobs. Maybe they got cancerous and they were chopped off. You are indebted to God. You owe everything you have, you owe it to God. Yes. Men, those beards you have, whether many or small, God has given them to you. You owe God everything. You owe God everything. You owe God your mind. You owe God your hair. You owe God your skills. You owe God your education. There are many people who are more bright than you, but have not had the opportunity to be educated. They have no school fees. They didn't get that opportunity. But you've gotten the opportunity. You've gone to school. You are learned. Look, there are even those who have the opportunity to go to school, but they are, they are, they are declared uneducable. Like they can't be taught. Mentally retarded. They can't be taught. But you, you have, you've not been declared. You've not been declared. But you've not been declared. Mentally retarded. You have a form of understanding. It takes time to understand, yeah? But yeah, still you understand. There are traces of understanding. So everything you have, you owe it to God. So when you come to pay your tithe, you're not coming to pay a debt. You're simply coming to acknowledge, Lord, I am indebted to you. All that I am, all that I'll ever be, the family I have, the children I have, you have given me. Yeah, I'm not original, Lord. Everything I have, you have given me. If you didn't give me, Lord, I will not have them. Yeah. If God never gave me a touch to pastor, I will not be pastoring anything. I owe this church to God. I owe my ability to pastor to God. Yeah. It is courtesy of God that I am who I am today. So my tithe is an acknowledgement. Lord, this is courtesy of you. So I'm coming to say thank you. So when you don't pay tithe, you don't give offering, you are basically telling Lord, I don't owe you anything. Or rather, I'm not, owed, I'm not indebted to you in any way. Me and my own man, I'm self-made. I'm self-made. Nobody is self-made. Even the sperm that formed you, your mother, had to, your mother had to receive it from your father. Can you imagine? And you say you are self-made. Self-made and you cannot produce your own sperm to father yourself. Someone had to donate it and you are self-made. Augustus, you're not self-made. Someone had to offer. Someone had to donate. It was an offering. It was a gift. It's true, it was a gift. 
You know, this week I learned, I was teaching people in the camp, that the ovum that gave birth to you was first formed in your grandmother. While, you're in your, while your mother was in her mother's womb, that was when, you know, at three months, three months or six months, yeah, three, how many weeks? Eh? 20 weeks is how many months? At four, five. No, four. Four. At four months, at 20 weeks, a, a, a female embryo has a fully developed reproductive system. At, at, at 20 weeks. Fully developed reproductive system. That is to say you have six to, seven, six to eight million no, not sperms, or ladies, ovums in you. So the ovum that formed you, Magi, or the ovum that formed, participated in forming you, Swinton, was not in your mother. It was in your grandmother. That's what the Bible says, I formed you. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. You understand? Because the ovum was first introduced while you were in your grandmother's stomach. So your mother got that seed while she was in the womb of her mother. That's why you didn't come for the camp. So tell your neighbor, neighbor, everything I have has come from God. My eyesight has come from God. My ability to hear, to walk, to talk, to smile, everything I have came from God. So my tithe, tell your neighbor, my tithe is not a payment of my debt. Because everything I owe, like everything I own, belongs to God. So I'm not paying any debt. I'm just acknowledging my indebtedness. Yes. Everything I have. See Daniel Nalipa, Jukilaktukonayo, Munga Mekupea. Eh? When a custodian too, everything you have belongs to God. So you giving an offering, you giving a tithe. Is simply, simply acknowledging, Lord, everything I have is yours. So giving is not a money principle. Giving is a supply principle. Giving is not a money principle. Giving is a supply principle. Look, naturally speaking, if a river, if a lake receives from rivers and it doesn't give back the water, what do we call that, what do we call that lake? A salty sea, right? Or a dead sea. Why is it salty or dead? Because it is only receiving and never giving. It is always receiving but never supplying. So giving is not a money principle. It is a supply principle. So if you, you, are, you are always receiving and never giving, you are cutting short the supply principle. You are doing what? You are doing what? I can't hear you are doing what? You are cutting short what? The supply principle. So with no time, you'll become dead. So what was supposed to be a blessing to you ceases to become a blessing. What was supposed to be joy, bringing joy to you ceases to bring joy. What was supposed to make you happy ceases to make you happy. That's why you can see people with money, but they can't sleep at night. They say, oh, 
Pastor, now I have, I've had that statement recently. At your pastor, people say that money cannot buy happiness, but money can buy happiness. Money can't buy. Or rather, yeah, actually money can buy happiness. Because money can buy uh, ice cream, it can buy traveling, yeah, it can buy chocolate. That's happiness. Vehicle, that's happiness. Because happiness is circumstantial. But money can never buy joy. Money can never buy joy. Because joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So you can have money, you're happy, but you're not joyful. So when the things are removed from you, you go, you, you go into depression. You go into depression. So tell your neighbor, neighbor, everything you have, you owe it to God. Everything you have, you owe it to God. So when you are giving, tell about when you are giving, you are fulfilling a supply principle. Where when you give, you have more room for more. When you don't give, you have no room. So you get to a place you become dead. Can you imagine you are always eating and never going to the toilet? Can you imagine? You are eating and you never go to the toilet. What would happen? The supply would burst. Right? That's how some of you are financially. You're always receiving and never giving. Sowing is not, is not a receiving word. Sowing is not a receiving word. Sowing is a provision word. Sowing is not a receiving word. Like sowing is not for I receive or I will receive. Sowing is for provision. Luke 638. Luke 638. Luke 6.38. The Bible says, the Bible says, Luke 6.38. Can we read together? One, two, three. No, everybody should read it on the screen. Can we read one, two, three? Simple. So you can see, sowing is about what? Sowing is about what? Provision. When you sow, there is provision. Men are commanded to give back. So when you sow mercy, you receive the provision of mercy. When you sow forgiveness, you receive the provision of forgiveness. When you give love, you receive the provision of what? Love. Some of you are not loved because you have no one you love. Yeah. Some girls here are unlovable because they have no one they love. They are called odious woman. Odious. An odious, the Bible says, be careful of an odious woman. An odious woman is a woman who has not experienced love. A woman who has not experienced love. Dangerous. Never marry. One type of a woman you should never marry. An odious woman. It's Bible, I've taught. An odious woman. A woman who has not love. When you, when you, when you love them, they suspect you. They become suspicious. Say, you, you want sex. When will this love end? Or just love me, but I know there's something you want. Just say what you want. You cannot just be loving me like this. I'll make a mistake and you go. What did you do? Yeah, yeah. When the husband comes and is lo loving on you, the woman starts saying, tell me what you did. I know you did something wrong. Jishtaki, jishtaki. Expose yourself. An odious 
An odious? I can't hear an odious? Yeah. Dangerous. Why are they odious? They have not experienced love. Because they have not sown the seeds of love. They don't love anybody. You're not a shepherd. You don't love your sheep. You don't love Jesus. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, it is high time that you and me change our thinking on giving. Number four and the last one. Today I'm finishing on point, on time. I'm very happy about myself. It's an achievement. <laughs> when you let go of what is in your hand, God will let go of what is in his hands. When you let go of what is in your hands, God will let go of what is in his hands. All of us, there's something that God has in his hands for us. When you let go of what is in your hands, God will let go of what is in his hands. All of us, there's something that God has in store for us in his hands. But God is waiting for you to let go of what is in your hands. Yeah. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, you will only receive from God after you decide to let go what is in your hands. I've practically seen that in my life so many times. Always, anytime that God would want to give back to me something, he'd always ask me, what is in your hands? Like the story of Moses, when he was going to, to Pharaoh, God asked him, what is in your hands, Pharaoh? Pharaoh's, ah, not, not Pharaoh, what is in your hands, Moses? He said, Moses, he said, Lord, the only thing in my hands is a staff. The Lord said, put it down. When he put it down, what was in the hands of God was a serpent. The, the staff turned into a serpent, and the staff ate all other snakes. Then the Lord told him, take what is yours again. Anytime God is going to give you something, he will ask you, what is in your hands? When David was going to kill Goliath, the Lord asked him, David, what do you have? He said, Lord, the only thing I have is stones. The Lord told him, use those stones, throw them. While he threw, what was in the hands of God was power to make the stone like a bazooka. So when it lands on the face of Goliath, it kills him. Anytime you let go of what is in your hands, God will always let go of what is in his hands. What is in the hands of God is equal to what, rather, what is in the hands of God will only come to you if you let go of what is in your hands. Because what is in your hands is not equal to what is in the hands of God. Look, in the hands of Moses was a staff, but in the hands of God was a snake. And Moses needed a snake to kill what? The other snakes. Can the staff kill snakes? If you decide to use one, 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 one staff to kill so many snakes, how long will it take? They will kill you. You'll be beaten faster. But imagine in the hands of God was a, was, was, was a snake that was, had power to eat all other snakes. In the hands of God is salvation. In our hands is our life. So he says when a man lays down his life, he will gain it. When you lay down what is in your hands, you get what is in the hands of God. When you lay down your mortal life, you receive eternal life. When you lay down your human life, you receive what? Eternal life. When you hold dear to your, eternal, to your mortal life, you lose eternal life. It is that simple. It's two ways. Lay down 
receive. Hold on, lose. You gain by trading. Tell about you gain by trading. When, they, when, when, when Jesus had come back and he asked the guys who had been received talent, he asked them, could you not take my money to the money changers? That by the time I'm coming back, I'll at least I'll have gained profit or interest from them using my money. Because in the kingdom of God, you gain by trading. Yeah. Even for you to get a child, madam, you have to gain by trading. Yes. If you want a child from your husband, you have to be willing to give. It's a transaction. If you refuse to remove clothes, you not get a baby. The Bible says, freely you've received, freely give. <laughs> Same with you, my dear. If you want a child, you have to be willing. You have to present yourself. You have to bend. You have to present yourself holy, like holy WH. Presentation is important. <laughs> because it's a gift, it's true, by the way, it's a gift. It's important. If you want to get married, my dear, you have to present yourself as someone who can be married. You have to let go of your singlehood. If you insist on being single, you can't be married. You have to let go of your singlehood in your mind. Singlehood is a state of the mind. Even for a man to marry, you have to decide, I'm not single. And how do you do it? In your mind. Because you cannot get married and you're still single in your mind. You'll start living as if you're not, you, nobody depends on you. You spend money how you want. You come back when you want. Some of your boyfriends are not ready to be husbands. You have to let them go. So that you can receive what is in the hands of God. <laughs> Lose them. You have to let them go. They are not ready to be husbands. Because how they are carrying themselves is they carry themselves as single boys. They are still in their mother's house. How can you date someone who still lives with the mother? To take you where? His mother's house. How? Living in a hostel and you are dating. The only thing you own is a suitcase that your mother bought. And a lady is saying, oh my God, I love this man. I can't live without him. The love of my life. The love of your life owns a suitcase, my God. That is not his. The mother can recall it back. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, you have to let go of some things in your mind to receive what is the Lord's. Yeah. What is in the hands of God, Benjamin, will only come to you if you let go what is in your hands. So what is in your hands? Let go of so many things. What are you holding on dear? I remember recently I saw an illustration of someone who was trying to hold the rope so tight. As he was trying to hold the rope so tight, the rope was cutting his hands. So the more he held on, the more bruised he became, the more wounded it became. So in the illustration they said, learn to let go so that God can hold your hand. Because if God holds your hand, you don't need to hold on to a rope. You know, you, if, if, I'm, if I'm holding his hands like this, do you think I'll hurt him? Do you think I'll hurt him? But the Bible says, I'll hold your right hand. I, the Lord, would hold your right hand. So when he decides to hang on to a straw or a rope, will he not, will he not get hurt? He'll get hurt. So let, learn to let go. Tell about learn to let go. Learn to do what? What is in your hands to receive what is in the hands of God. One time we needed land 
this particular land. We'd been looking for land we were not finding. So the Lord laid it in my heart that I should go and take an offering to my pastor. So when I took an offering of 100,000, so when I took to him the offering, it did not take two months before we got this land. After I let go what was in my hands, God in his power let go what was in his hands. And what was in his hands was land, the value of two million. What was in my hand was 100,000. 100,000 could not give us this land. But God in his power could give us this land. Tell neighbor, neighbor, anything you need, you have to let go. Yes. When you want something you've never had, write this down. When you want something you've never had, you have to do something you've never done. When you want what you never had, you have to do what you've never done. If you want promotion, you have to work hard like never before. If you want marriage, you have to show yourself friendly. You cannot be a lady who wants to get married, but you're not friendly. You don't smile. Always frowning. After church, you don't stay. You don't linger. How will you get married if after service, you're always, leaving the, you're always the first to leave? Who will marry you? Who will follow you to your house? The people to marry you are, are here. The one who follows you to your house does not want to marry you. He wants to have sex with you. These ones will not follow you to your house because they don't want to fornicate. And they don't trust in their flesh. The Bible says, cast is he who puts his trust in the flesh. When you feel me, I cannot fornicate. I'll follow the girl to the house. Ah. Ah. Pinch your neighbor. That is flesh and blood. That is to tell you, you're not made, you're not made of stone. You're made of what? You're made of what? What's your problem? Pinch your neighbor. Just obey. Pinch your neighbor. You are stubborn. Let go of your stubbornness. Tell about let go of your stubbornness. Hey. So if you want what you've never had, you must let go of what is in your hands and do what you've never done. All things are huge to God because they are pictures of our character. They are proof of our passion. Offerings document our confidence and our faith in God. Offerings document our faith and confidence in God. Ladies and gentlemen, those are the four facts you need to know about giving. Your giving is a picture. Your giving is a message. If you are clapping, clap well. Your giving is a message. It speaks to God. Your giving requires presentation. Your giving requires ceremony. Your giving requires letting go. Point number one was, what was point number one? Presentation is number two. God wants us to be ceremonial in our giving. Number three. An offering without expectation is an offering without number four. When you let go of what is in your hands, 
God will let go on what is. Father, I want to thank you for speaking to us today. Father, you've spoken to us about something that you really value and something that is dear to us. And even for your demonstration of love on earth, you are also to give an offering in your son, Jesus Christ. So, Father, thank you for the offerings we are giving. And thank you for the offering that you gave, the ultimate offering with Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you because by you we stand and by you we move. Thank you for all the good things you are giving us, Father. Thank you because you are God and you are able to do great things. Lord, as we give our offerings, would you please receive them? Accept them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't we give the Lord a hand clap offering?